Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What up, what up? Ty Roxon here, back again with another episode. And it's another opportunity, obviously, to be great. Today's episode is with a Nigerian sister. So we obviously are both from Nigeria. We share that heritage. And it's always fun catching up with that. Nigerians and diaspora, we have a lot to connect on. And we talked about a whole range of things from, you know, how she launched her company, how she learned Kickstarter, how she found a business partner in the subway, how to find the right type of talent and how to change the way you shop, which is essentially what a product does, how to change the way you shop and become better with that kind of information. So you're in for a treat. Now I have to apologize for the background noise. Apparently there was a lot of frequency disturbance so sometimes you kept hearing this annoying noise in the background i do apologize ahead of time i couldn't fix it in post and uh, i just had to roll with it but hopefully you're able to push through that and listen to the episode which is really fun love a story and if you're an entrepreneur thinking of starting out thinking of building a team thinking of understanding how to turn your product into something that people buy into definitely check out the episode In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's episode is with the co-founder of Cosign, Asosa Igodaro. Now, she is someone who is an amazing entrepreneur who's built a platform that she feels could revolutionize shopping. And we're going to be talking about all that. But before we get into any of this, I have to give you a warm welcome because this is a very rare occurrence in the podcast. We, we've We've had people that are CEOs and founders, but we've never quite had a queen. And so, as as, as this is the first time we have a queen, welcome to the show, the Queen of Brooklyn, Asosa. How you doing? <laughs> I am good. You are hilarious. I can't. <laughs> well, well, well. Give us paint the picture for us. How did you become? You know, how did you take your mantle on the throne? And what was young Asosa like? And how did you get to where you got to? Out of it all, that, but I. <laughs> I started Cosign when I found out a few years ago. It was like when, around that time where everybody was saying, oh, there's an app for that. And apps were getting really popular in uh, popular culture, like in the 
oh, you know, oh nine, two thousand ten, and I started thinking, hey, I would love to be in technology in some way. I started out in banking, so I was working for Citigroup um, for about you know six, seven years. When I was like, okay, I want to try something different, and technology was like the sexiest industry at that time. And so I started. I actually started out with game apps um, originally, and I had two game apps I produced and put in the app store. Then I, I decided that I wanted to do something that's near and dear to my heart, which is shopping. <laughs> so I went ahead and I, I realized um, a trend that was happening. Like people were really discovering products and new things through social media, but it was no easy way to go and click to buy or purchase. Um, so we realized that maybe there is some w- ways of, us to support that change of like being able to see something and buy something in the wild, right? Like being able to like, Oh, I wonder what those red shoes are or anything at all. And so randomly my co-founder, um, uh, I met him going uptown on the uh, atrium. <laughs> he tapped me and gave me a compliment on my shoes. I can't even remember. And literally we just started chatting and I realized it's the technology and I was at banking in the time. We have this idea um, over the next six months. We decided to just go ahead and start it. So um, we so go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and start businesses with strangers. It's great. Um, it gets you places. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's been an interesting journey, it's nonetheless. Like just trying to you know figure out a problem that people actually care about, and I I definitely have so many life lessons in just trying to, to solve that piece. And so end up being, um, going out, um, it's ended up working out. Okay. You know, like finding that partner who has an alignment in terms of goal. Um, but the great thing was that he was on the tech side. So he built all the tech in the product side and I was on the business side and I had a, a extensive marketing execution experience, which I did my last role in, um, city group. So, I said, oh, I can do this. We can do this together. And so we, uh, a few years later, now we have a fully integrated um, tech platform that allows anyone to recommend products through content they share on social media and blog sites, primarily um, photos. And then once their audience see the photo, they can literally click to buy any of those items. And when they do get um, uh, get the item they're looking for, we get a commission from the retailer and we share that with the content creator. So the influencer, the publisher, the blogger, whoever who's producing the content. So we're, we really believed in early in the back in the day in this model, of anyone can earn money for the recommendation. Everyone's doing that naturally anyway. You know, you're constantly talking about products or things you've discovered to your friends or um, uh, family members. And so that's how people, you know, you know, take on recommendations. And we believe that you should get paid for that because you were a part of the marketing value add for that brand. And so that's a, that's kind of our belief. Um, and that's that's kind of the starting story of Cosine. No, that, that's pretty cool. I, I love that. And, and just for anyone listening, and I love the concept of this, Cosine is a social-based business that allows people to easily tag and find product information within a picture. You know, you make a post, you know, you make it shoppable. And then you allow, and this allows the tagger to earn commission if a sale 
is made from the post. So you said a few things there. Um, you know, doing business with a stranger, someone tapped into your, uh, you said, hey, I like those shoes. And then you figured out that there was some synergy, like, you know, the stuff you he did, you needed, and the stuff you do, he needs. And I, I guess it's always interesting wondering what it's like to, you know, to really work with someone else on an idea you have. Sometimes people have success with it. Sometimes people break up because of it. They break up the companies because there's so much uh, tension or or just uh, just there's no, I guess, n- no path for um, reconciliation. So how do you work together to make sure that you all have the, the benefit of the company um, for at the forefront? Oh, this is an easy one. You just go ahead and you threaten his friends and family. And then okay. you know, this, sure. Then anything you want happens. <laughs> you just you just tell them, have you seen taken one, two, or three? <laughs> oh, so you and have, then, you you have know, a particular set of skills. That's, oh, gosh. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. I think, you know, it's interesting. I get this question a lot because, you know, when you work with a co-founder, um, a lot of uh, what you're typically told out there is like, you know, sh- you should know them for a long time. You should know how they work and the better t- to work together. I think I really also looked out, feel really blessed about, you know, never knowing this person before. Like we didn't even have LinkedIn friends, like not like total stranger. That's, <laughs> like, that's so, crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. Total stranger. So, I mean, I think my, my case was very unique, but I, I do think uh, one of the things that make a lasting, fruitful relationship is that you uh, um, you you have to have very specific um, um, lanes in which you work for your business. I think it really helped a lot that he trusted me to operate and own the face of the brand, right? Like, so that means communication, marketing, development of mark of um, uh, investor relationships or anything that is like facing uh, or business development or uh, pricing sensitive, I focused on. And then I let him, you know, go ahead and, and, and do what his strength and, and um, skill set, which is uh, technology and product development, and um, just focus on those things. So we didn't have to fight a ton of times on direction of things because I let you have. We let each other have uh, autonomy uh, on our on our lanes of what it, what and the impacts of what that means to the business. And of course, we stay accountable to each other and say, "Hey, you know, maybe not a good idea what we did just now, but <laughs> we can learn from it and we move forward." I, I just try my best not to, you know, harbor too much on the terrible <laughs> side and just like, okay, let's learn for it and move forward because there's just so much to do as, as business owners. So I, I find a lot of people tend to break up because they either have very, very stark differences of opinion of how to, where the goals of the business are. And if that's a total difference, that's a game changer for you. I think that you can't move forward if you guys have different directions where you want to take the business. Um, and then if you guys have similar roles, if you guys have similar roles, it's just, it's just very, it just it's a, a it's very friction, right? Because you you want you want to control you want to own something when building it, not have um, missteps. So that's a big part of of I think what has kind of kept um, 
this kind of relationship beneficial uh, as co-founders yeah. and um, yeah. fruitful moving forward. No, I love it. It's, it's keeping the big picture in mind. Uh, so, okay, mm-hmm. so we know about the story of how you, you know, you both founded the company. You raised the money through Kickstarter. Is that initial? Is that correct? Initially? Yeah, initially. So actually, if we go all the way back, um, we originally um, asked friends and family for money mm. and said, hey, we want to go ahead and do this idea. Everybody said no. <laughs> like They were like, okay, this is great, you know, but um, I, I don't have money for you. <laughs> so, so they got money for them, but they ain't got money. So I realized it's so it was such a culture shock for me and a shift for me because I came from banking thinking I know tons of people with money. Like this would be a breeze, you know. Mm-hmm. This is just like such a big opportunity. It's a like billions of dollars uh, of an industry. You know, we we can you know take over pretty quickly if we you know get this technology up and running you know so and it was interesting to me that you know people just didn't either um you know people were either having very big life changes so oh i just got married oh we're moving to a house oh i'm about to have a baby and i was like oh okay i can understand your look like needing money right now <laughs> right and, like don't know what to expect in those life-changing scenarios and then also some other people literally just didn't have it like I am living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> I may be making a big salary, but they haven't managed in a way. They're also spending a lot. So that's what shocked me too when I um, met with people. So starting out, we started out with um, our own money. And then my sister and a cousin of mine gave me uh, 5K. <laughs> and literally 5K. And um, my cousin gave me like 15 and I was just so hyped <laughs> from that alone. We started kind of building the technology for iOS. And, you know, this is an interesting technology because you have to build on top of another person's tech. And the complications of that, in a sense, is that you have to figure out what truly is the value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like making sure you have a strong relationship with them because they can kick you off at any time, right? So there's a lot of risk there, one. And then two, um, if you don't have a strong relationship, they can close out what, um, um, they can close out like your your ability to kind of build other things, right? On the same platform. And in any two seconds, if they decide they want to change this or close off that, that affects you. So it was a lot of, you know, building on top of other people's technology of what you don't building on another man's land, as as uh, some Africans would like to say. Um, you would have to figure out those contentious uh, friction points and, yeah. and figure out how to smooth it over. Yeah. And then um, past that, we we decided to like go to go to Kickstarter because we ran out of money past uh, past the twenty k initial um and said hey you know we would need another 40k to finish out this build out for a beta and we're like okay let's go to kickstarter you know at the time i i I would consider myself an early mover in general so most of my friends or family members wouldn't know what kickstarter was 
So at that and that time too, it was like Kickstarter's been around at least already five years. And so a lot of people didn't really understand what it was in my communities or a lot of communities of color at that time. Because this was like 2014. Um, and so what I found myself having to do was educate people on what Kickstarter was. Then say, oh, yeah, guess what? This is what I'm doing right now. Because, yeah. you know, see me from banking. And then third, um, oh, yeah, please give me money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lose it all. And it was like quite a process of doing that. But um, we were really successful, surprisingly, because mostly on Kickstarter, um, pro- like pro- physical products do better on Kickstarter than actually anything else. And so the fact that we were a free app and people actually gave us money to complete this uh, completion of this, this app was like, wow, this is, this is huge. Like we would love um, that. That was like an inflection point for us that we were able to raise $41,571 uh, in That's 30 days. Uh, you know, yeah. it's so, it's so interesting hearing your story. Cause you, you're right. You know, raising money isn't a cakewalk, but then to go from that to actually having a successful Kickstarter, you had to have, done some studying to 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 figure out how to be successful in the platform because it wasn't the physical product so do you have any best practices for anyone thinking of launching the kickstarter right now oh for sure i get calls all the time but i would say kickstarter is a gift that keeps on giving because it's if at any point even if you went like get the goal or not it was a mass marketing campaign about what you're doing so now not only that people know what you're doing. They're, they're invested in figuring out other ways to help you. So I've gotten press through Kickstarter. I've gotten um, additional money. I actually raised an additional 100K Whoa. after Kickstarter because of the the level of um, attention and, and attraction right. it gave right. us. And so, I mean, you just don't, like, it was really, a, a like, one of the best things we could have done early on. Um, I wish I did it earlier because... <laughs> That means it would have even got even better, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I studied that platform. You know, Nijano go carry lasso. So we got to study like crazy yes, so. to make sure um, that, you know, it was successful. So I really, I really, I like to win. So the, a big part of um, me making sure I had all the elements for winning uh campaign. So I, I had... 60% of all video, um, all videos on Kickstarters are more likely to get completed. Like, so having an actual video is important to meeting your goal. So you must have a, um, uh, a video. Second, you must have at, you must have a ticket item as a prize at, at $25 because $25. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the most um, kind of, uh, what's the word? It's the most sought out after gift. So most people are more likely to give you $25 if they don't know you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so you've got to have a gift at that that time that uh, price point. Um, that it can be nominal, but it, you have to have something at twenty five. I've seen a lot of Kickstarters with just like fifty or one hundred and fifty. I was like, ah, too high, too high. You got to get down for many to to reach you. Um, the other piece is you have to have before you actually launch your campaign. You have to have so much done, right? You have to tell all your people at least two months before that you're launching your campaign. Um, and 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 ask them different ways to participate. Whether that's sharing it once they see it, um, you also need to um, have a list of thirty percent of your fundraising goal completed with a list of who's going to do it and the amount they're going to give, um, so that you can trick the algorithm of um, Kickstarter and say, "Hey, wow, this is this is a campaign that a lot of people are excited about because so many." People did it as soon as you launched it, right? And um, if you have that uh, kind of momentum, you get more people eyes on your page. So you want to make sure beforehand you call, you speak to people and say, hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. Uh, would you be able to support me? And what amount would you be able to support? $100, $200. So if your campaign, let's say you're raising $6,000, um, then you have to at least have $2,000 earmarked and are ready to like have those folks ready to do it on the day one. And even better if you can get them to do it within the first hour. Um, so really uh, easy, quick uh, tips that I think are super easy just to do. <laughs> uh, but most people forget. As I got to have tons of photos on there because they want to know that you really complete the project and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a great um, learning lesson for us. It also was a, a great community of people who are supporting what you're doing from the jump, right? So they're going to promote you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to, they were the, probably one of the biggest reasons why when we launched our beta for the app, we were looking for a hundred people to test with us and we ended up getting over 5,000. And it was amazing of another inflection point for us to continue um, this idea. Wow, no, that, that's that's really really helpful. I'm glad that you uh you know you you said that you said that because I, I know a lot of people that do try to do Kickstarters, but as I look back right now, the unsuccessful ones they they didn't have a lot of the um, the prep time. You said three months ahead of time, so you know I think a lot of times it was like I'm going to do Kickstarter, I'm going to spend a weekend putting something together, and then let's go. And so it becomes I guess not as prepared, and I guess it doesn't set you up for success, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. So you know, I I'm, uh, I ask questions for a living, and I did some uh, <laughs> some sleuthing, and I, I saw that it wasn't just the fact that you you know raising money wasn't a cakewalk that you you were surprised by. You also found out that finding the right talent is very hard. Why? Oh my gosh, the right talent is probably more so the more difficult things you'll find in building a company, um, especially as a founder, because when you're a, a founder, you're so close to it. 
be just as passionate as you are. And sometimes they're just not, right? Um, and it's like hard to kind of get that switch. So I made I made my first uh, potential hire was the wrong fit completely for us, but he had the skill set and everything. And we almost ended up hiring him, but we like um, dodged a bullet right after we uh, gave him the contract. We decided not to go the the same route because we realized that the because the culture fit wasn't there um he's he's not going to stay up all night focus he's not going to go above and beyond and when you're doing such a small company and you're around each other all the time you have to like that person because it's so much happening and so much on the line that you sacrifice to get to that point to actually give them a job um and if they don't realize the sacrifice or 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 taking it as seriously as you it really it really um deters progress in the long run right so you're not going to get any further you've wasted uh a few months hiring finding this person hiring them now you have to fire them and now you got to spend another few months um you know getting a new a replacement so you lose a year on everybody on every bad hire and so it's so important um for the longevity of your business because, you know, time is money. So if you <laughs> lost all that time um, on building that product um, and then you all that energy it was focused elsewhere, your productive your productivity is just out, out of the window. So you really want to focus on getting people who are right culture fit for you, meaning with pace, with um, overall kind of uh, uh my, I, I want to say aura, but that's not the right uh, word. But essentially, um, pleasantries. Like if if they, you know, they they if they are fast paced and they tend to always be happy, and that's your that's your um, your beat. You want them to kind of keep in that same rhythm. If yeah. they're not, it it really <laughs> it really makes it hard for you to to move forward. Quite honestly, but and and plus, it's one of the most expensive things on your on your um on your cash flow is, is wages. So you, you want to, you, every, every two weeks, you know, I know they're happy when they get paychecks, but I'm struggling, you know? (laughs) You're like, nah, I wish I didn't have to pay you because yeah. (laughs) No, no, but this is good. I, I, you know, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I love the fact that you highlighted this. It's all comes down to the, to the big picture as a founder, as a co-founder, you, you and a building, um, your co-founder, you, you set the rules. You determine what the company will stand for and what the values will be. And so if, if you don't, uh, if you're not firm in those things, you can sort of lose sight and have a shaky foundation. And that's where the things will crumble. And if you don't have a, a clearly defined culture fit and you're just sort of hiring for their, I guess, ability alone without their the culture fit in, in mind, then you run to those problems like like Uber has run into in the last uh, couple of years or all these other big companies because those things weren't um, really given a premium. So, yeah, exactly. that's, that's what I'm hearing. So this is also a podcast about, you know, cross-cultural communication and, and things like that. And you and I share the Nigerian heritage. So I'm curious with um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on some of these things. What is what has being an entrepreneur been like for you as a as a woman, as a woman of color, as a Nigerian? You know, what has that intersection been like for you, and how do you balance all that, especially having uh, Nigerian parents? 
Um, it's so interesting because I feel my identity as an African woman, as a Nigerian woman, is so different um, from my identity as just a black woman in America, right? Like, I just, I do think um, it's definitely aided in the success of where I am today in terms of being able to push um, as as much as I can with the cosign business. It's definitely aided in my overall foundation as a like a good citizen. <laughs> but I think when I first started out, I, I don't think anybody was particularly happy, like in my family. <laughs> they were like, what? So oh. you're your good paying job. You know, most people in America, your 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 job can pay three people with your salary, <laughs> and you're gonna leave that job to do something that you, no one knows if it's gonna be a, a like a success or not. Like you know, like they were not on board. <laughs> yeah, I think it took some time uh, to go by before my 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 African parents said like you know. Worked very hard for me to get to this country and uh, to be more successful than them to be on board. I, I, I do say one of the tippers for me that my father was kind of always on board because he kind of helped aid it in my, my push to want to do this. Um, he, he told me, he's like, hey, you know, I see you're getting, you're really successful in this like banking gig thing, you know, like you're every two seconds you're getting promoted and they're giving you, you know, a salary increase, you know, but I want you to do something for me. I want you to calculate what you make a year and what you make them a year, right? And then um, tell me what that percentage is. So when I when I did that and I found out that I was a, not even really a rounding error, um, <laughs> he was like, you might be able to do better on your own and make four, five, ten times your salary if you figure out a big enough idea to go after. And so I, that stuck with me and, and like literally the next year I decided to like really figure out um, what, 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 what business idea I would take on. So I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I wasn't sure what, what type of business I would get into just yet and um uh, but that was definitely a push for me no, um, yeah i i so relate with the uh the parents not understanding what you're doing and, and telling you like uh, uh what <laughs> that is not what i sent you to america for well and, what, what are you doing what, what, would, what would our family friends say huh look at look at it <laughs> did you not see choma choma is now a doctor she's married she has four kids you're here. What is your new really? Yo, it, but it's it's such a thing that I, I really wanted to ask that question because a lot of the people listen to this day. You know, I started this podcast because I, you know, as someone who sort of found himself in different cultures, one of the things I started to notice is that many of our generation, we there's a sense of agency that we want to have. We don't necessarily all all of us don't want to just be doctors, engineers, lawyers, but there is that interesting chasm that that exists between wanting to make sure your parents are happy because you you want you value the sacrifice, but you also want to be able to do what you want to do. And being comfortable owning that identity can be difficult for some people, and yeah. and for others it might not be. So 
you know, the, the people I get emails all the time about, I want to do this, but my parents said I shouldn't do this. And, and it's, it's, um, I'm hoping that gradually we get to the place where we can encourage more people to, to say, Hey, well, this is a decision that I feel like is something I'm going to take for the rest of my life. And it will help mom. Trust me. <laughs> so, um, yeah. like, trust me, I will be successful. It's going to take a few years, yeah, but I will be successful in this and it'll be in a better place. I promise. Yeah. 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 We're getting ready to wrap up here soon. But if I say these three names, what comes to mind? Oprah Winfrey, Mahatma Gandhi, Michelle Obama. Legendary people. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Talk on it. I, I know. I know. I know they mean a lot to you. So that, that's why I brought them. Why do they, why are they people that you, you, I guess, get inspired by? You know, I think because these folks really do kind of like they just represent what is purely uh, an aspirational uh, goal for any human. Like, I just feel like they really, you know, they're at the top of what I would say um, their particular lanes are. Right, whether it's broadcasts, whether it's you know being you know first lady or a lead girl when uh, when Michelle Obama was uh, owning her own practice as lawyer, I just think Muhammad Gandhi is like a whole other level of scale. <laughs> mm. But I think the the overall thought is that they were always really clear. Like, I think also what comes to me is the clairvoyance in what they want to do at, at whatever certain moment, and then they go hard in that, right? And and they're so true to themselves in that. And sometimes it's really hard to look inward, right? Yeah. For me especially, because I'm always, they call me busybody, because I'm like always doing something. So I don't have a chance to really truly sit down and reflect. And I, they are constantly reflecting, you know, and using that reflecting moment to change the course of their lives, really, in terms of making each and every decision and, and really being present in all the different daily activities and what they're doing. Yeah. In that vein, I, I always save this question for the last question because my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. And it is what I built my business on. It's what I say all, every week whenever I create content. And so I always ask my guests the same question, you know, how do you use your difference to make a difference? So Asosa, how do you use your difference to make a difference? So I think my current identity right now has been around this whole idea of being a black woman in tech and of being a, a female leader in technology has been one of the biggest, um, I think, shifts I've been able to give back in. So as a as a, as someone who's still building their business, because I'm not there yet, but I'm on, on my way. And I, I I believe in the statement of lifting as you climb. And so I created something with two other founders called Black Women Talk Tech. And that organization is to identify, support, and um, give resources to the next billion dollar tech founder to be a platform. And, and that's, that's come from the bank, the struggles I had to undergo, um, just being a black woman in this type of business. Cause you know, the more times you think about a tech leader, you're more likely to name a white man, 
he's a tech leader, but you, you, you rarely ever think of a woman and then it's definitely not a black woman, right? And so I'm trying to help change the shift and identity of what that is and what that could be. So the next woman um, or young a black girl can wake up and say, I'm going to be the next, you know, uh, um, billionaire technology like leader, right? And, and really kill it and, and be able to have the support systems in place to do so, you know, because I know it's still very challenges even at this point, um, but we're, we're seeing some glimpse of positivity with, you know, Arlen building a fund at $36 billion uh, just announced two weeks ago with um, Richard Dennis from Sundell Brands building a fund of $100 million for black women. There's definitely um, positive change in the arena of finally getting funding, but you know that has been a challenge and still continues to be a challenge today. And so I'm hoping through that organization to be able to make a difference um, for black, black women tech founders just like me. Love it, love it. And uh, where can we find out more information about you and your company and what you're doing? Go to Cosanda.co. And either you can download the app, you can sign up for the listserv. Um, you can also find out more about Black Women Talk Tech at blackwomentalktech.com. Blackwomentalktech.com and cosign.co. Make sure to put that all in the show notes. But uh, wow, this has been a really great conversation. It's always good to talk to a, a Nigerian sister, but even, um, even hey. more honored and humbled that I actually got to spend time with royalty today. So uh, thank you. It's not every day. Um, I appreciate the time and I I do apologize. It just took too long, but I, I definitely, uh, I look forward to hearing it and I'll, I'll promote it in all my channels. All of them. All of them. All right. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, until next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.